0: What is going on? You are listening to the It Came From the Basement podcast, brought to you by Torworthy.com. We jumped ship, no more 90.3, but I'm still DJ Tall Guy, or Jordan depending on how you know me. And for my first guest, I had the opportunity to chat with Brian Funk from New Orleans Sludge Metal Legends, Wow We spoke about the pandemic, their collaborations with Emma Ruth Rundle, and how DIY played a significant role in the band's lifespan had a great time talking with him, and he had some really helpful insight. So sit back and tune into the It Came From The Basement podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Brian. How are you doing today, Brian? <laughs> Sorry to mean to cut you off.
0: No, honestly, I cut you off. So oh, roaring start, roaring start. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it would be a total loss to not talk about the pandemic. Like it kind of floored everyone's expectations of everything yet somehow thou has put out two of the greatest EPs through all of this like nonsense. And I was wondering how the pandemic has affected thou as a band, how it affected, how you guys write, how you come together, how you practice. Uh,
1: we haven't all been together since uh, about a year ago. the last time we were together, I think it was like March 12th or 13th. We played a show. We played with uh, the body and uniform and Foie Gras and Dream Decay in New Orleans. And so we haven't all been together since then.
0: So there's no like, (laughs) there's no like writing or
1: collaboration going on over the internet, Uh, no file sharing. A little bit, but um, we're just total slapdicks when it comes to that stuff. And I think for us, it's like, we basically have to have, um, we have to have the pressure of the weekly practice uh, mm-hmm. in order to bring something to the table. Otherwise, people just procrastinate or put it off or, you know, can just ignore it or whatever. I mean, that's why, um, you know, between Heathen and Magus, it took us so long to write that record because two of our guys had moved to California. So it was like not being in the same room all the time was just yeah. made it a lot harder
0: the space will definitely do that i know it take when you don't have a fire lit under your ass it makes it hard to get things done
1: yeah but absolutely i mean and we'll we'll make any excuse we can not to not to get to work in so. true diy punk fashion <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> so uh clocking back over to the recent eps that you guys dropped i know that i was reading in interviews that when you guys are looking for collaborators you you don't want people would make sense for your sound because they don't bring anything new out of the sound so i was wondering um if there were any like possible genre areas you were looking to take thou that you just haven't had the opportunity yet because i know you guys talk about a lot about how like 90s grunge was a big influence on the band sound more than anything and i think that totally came out like full force on these EPs, especially with Hollywood. I thought that was like a cranberry song at first.
1: I mean, the, cran- the Cranberries version's heavy. Yeah,
0: that is a cranberry song. I am uneducated.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. is that what you, you thought? You, you thought it just sounded like a cranberry song.
0: Yes, I thought that oh, was just you guys perfect. riffing.
1: No, no, it's a cranberry <laughs> That's a cran- It's the first song off of uh, um, I don't know, uh, the third one with the yellow cover. But like Everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. The, the one was Zombie. Whatever the one was Zombie and Salvation it's, it's on. That's the first one. I've been trying to get that a cover, that song for years and years. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't until like we, we sort of needed a cover for tour or whatever that it kind of worked out. It was so easy to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. To answer your question about the genre thing, like uh, I, don't, I don't know because uh, it's been so long like we haven't written anything in probably two years now the last thing we wrote was the the stuff with Emma um
0: so because you guys originally did that for Road I don't know
1: yeah we did yeah well yeah sort of it I mean it was like uh we we wanted to do we wanted to do something with Emma tour with Emma or um or get her on some stuff with us uh just in general because a few of us are fans of her her music now I mean now we, we all are but at the time, a few of us were aware of her and were kind of fans of her stuff. Uh, and the road burn offer was basically just like an excuse to to convince her to do something with us. And we just kind of, anytime she'd say yes, oh yeah, yeah, I think I think we'd do that. We'd we tax them thought, oh, you, you want to write write this record again? Okay, cool. Uh, well, well, we should tour it. We should tour it before road burn, you know. So you know, so we get it tighter. Oh, we should record it too. We should put it out, you know, like. <laughs> So it was just, it was just that. So, I mean, I mean, we always sort of had in the back of our heads to do all that kind of stuff, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, road roadburn was like the perfect excuse to make it happen. That was the kindling um, that lit the flame. Yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're always talking about doing, you know, uh, another acoustic record or a black metal record or this and that, but it's like the, the other thing for us, like when we start making those plans or whatever is, uh, whatever idea we have sort of gets mangled once it goes through people and through the writing process. So it's like it, it sort of gets, we start real extreme and then it kind of comes back. It gets way watered down from the sort of initial very ambitious extreme idea we have, Uh, which I think is good in a lot of ways, because I, I, you know, I think one of our strengths is that our growth or the, the, our, push to like do different things has been very incremental. So it's not like we're, I don't know. I, I never feel like we're coming sort of like out of left field with any of this stuff we're doing. Like it's, we're constantly laying the groundwork for whatever the next thing is. Do you have like any
0: out of left field ideas? Cause I know you guys have like a very set structure for what's coming from every kind of release. I know like the splits are for testing. The EPs are also kind of like for testing sounds and the LPs are very thought out, but like, have you ever thought about doing like how Bell, Witch has that one, like two hour long song? Have you ever thought, or maybe something out of like a traditional release format, like maybe like a film score or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the sort of like no noise drone record we did was probably the closest thing to like a film score. I mean, I don't know. Andy's done some scoring for stuff like because he does electronic music and and a bunch of other stuff like ambient music. Um, so he he would probably be more of the, you know, if we were going to do something like that, it would probably be more in his wheelhouse than mm-hmm. the rest of us. But uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we don't have anything like right now. <laughs> right now, we're just struggling to like get get to a point where we all feel safe to get in our tiny. Cramped, windowless practice space together and start writing stuff. I mean, Andy's got some ideas for some new songs. Matthew's got a couple ideas. I've got a thing that I've sort of been working on off and on uh, with our engineer for the last couple of years. We just kind of hook up and and mess around with some stuff. Um, So there's a bunch of stuff and there's a bunch of ideas for like records we want to do, but nothing concrete. I mean, the the last thing we sort of talked about was the next full length being a sort of like, um, uh, more traditionally styled songs, maybe even a little shorter than is normal for us. And, um, like a pop record, be, no, not a pop <laughs> record, but, but having, having it be more of like a, a rocker record, you know, like a, like a more, I mean, we're only going to get so energetic, but like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like there's certain, like the, we 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 sort of like craft our sets a lot of times by like the way they feel to us and uh w- one of our sets is like the bonehead set we think of as like the songs where like people would m- most potentially <laughs> move around to or like yeah. want to rock out to not that they ever do <laughs> but um you know writing more stuff in that vein so we could have sort of like uh like A rocker, but I don't know. I mean, we had been talking about that for like the last year or two, and I think, uh, as Andy's sort of started writing stuff, he's writing stuff that's more, I mean, at least according to him, more in the heathen realm of things, sort of like melodic and uh, ambling kind of stuff. Uh,
0: kind of like, uh, yeah. you ever listen to that band Warning?
1: Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, we'll see the thing is like everybody um everybody now like it used to be where like andy would just come to practice a song or matthew would come to practice a song and I was here's the song now you know blah blah you know it's like we we as we wrote it it was pretty close to like how they wrote it and how they envisioned it but um Now there's a little bit more input from everybody and there's a little bit push to like change certain things or do different things. Like I, I've, I, I've sort of voiced my opinion on things a bit more. I'm, I'm more there as we sort of write stuff or like, as the music is at least getting sort of solidified, I'll have more of an input about certain things. And, uh, definitely since we got Tyler, um, Coburn in the band, like he, he definitely has an opinion about things. Uh, and And Casey, uh, our third guitar player, they they definitely are not shy about sharing their opinion uh, and we we're, we're, we're really I'm really hoping they uh write some stuff because I'm in another band with KC and uh, and they're they're a great writer, like and I'm, I'm, we're all kind of hoping they kind of bring more stuff to dial. because they, they they wrote one of our favorite songs on um, on the Emma the, the ones that most of the stuff on the Emma collaboration is either Andy or Emma. But there's one song monolith that KC wrote mm-hmm. that that's like one of our everybody's favorite song in, in in Thou Emma, I mean. Uh one of our favorite songs. So I'm I'm hoping they uh come up with some more stuff for like Thou proper. We we actually haven't written anything with um KC or Tyler specifically for Thou. They've only written for the Emma record. So it's um it's time to, to write stuff. Ah,
0: that's awesome. So Um talking about writing, you guys, even without collaborating with another artist, are a massive band. How does songwriting with seven people happen? Like, is it like everyone's got a hand on the pottery wheel that they're shaping the porcelain and it's like
1: Um I mean for that we sent we kind of had sent demos back and forth, at least a, a chunk of them. Um but it was basically like Emma had a song or Andy had a song. Uh, and we learned those songs and we sort of mangled what they had a bit. Um, it wasn't too wild. I mean, maybe from like Andy's perspective, it was a little, it was a little different than usual because more people were expressing like opinions or wanting to change certain things or this and that. But, um, it was pretty quick. I mean, we, um, we did like a week where Emma came down here and then we went up to Louisville for like a weekend. Um, and then we did that tour together and then we met back up one other time in Nashville for two or three days and wrote a couple more songs. And that was pretty much it in terms of the, all, all that stuff, the LP and the EP, all that stuff basically got written in that chunk. Um, I, I I'm still kind of hopeful we do some more stuff with Emma cause I, I, I kind of feel like, at the end of that recording is where we sort of hit our stride, where like everybody at that point, everybody kind of had figured out how to write with each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and write, write for each other, you know, to each sort of playing each other's strengths a little bit. So, um, you know, definitely like the two of my favorite songs on the record came at the very end, like in that Nashville, um, the little Nashville session, but yeah, we'll see. It it, it wasn't that bad. It's all easy. We're, we're, we're all fairly like well-adjusted people at like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we, you know, we go to practice and we're, you know, we're there. We, I mean, we, we fart around quite a bit, but um, you have to, it's we, practice. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll definitely like thou at least we'll definitely like put in the hours. Like we'll, we'll mm-hmm. go to the practice, be at the practice space for like eight, 10, 12 hours, you know, just working on stuff. So as long, as long as there's material to work on, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like we'll, we'll kind of breeze in and out on weekly practices, if people don't have stuff, but, um, I mean, even now, like the the way we're kind of talking about it for, um, setting up a new practice schedule is, is relearning a lot of old material since we've gone through so many people and just, you you, you know, we have kind of a big back catalog of songs. You sort of like lose certain things, but, um, you know, I, I, I would love if we were like Pearl jam or a veil or something where like, we, any night we could just bang out any, any song. Like we mm-hmm. just knew them all, you know? Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping we can at least like start relearning some old stuff that we haven't played. Cause a lot of stuff we play, we've like played to death for us. Yeah.
0: So you're looking to put together, like, I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't say a B side set, but just a new
1: set. Well, we, we never not ever have a set. I mean, we, uh, like when we go on tour or whatever, we, we change it every night. Like usually for tour, we have like 20 or 25 songs, something like that. I think the last, the last tour or something like this, is a pretty, pretty good amount of songs, but um, yeah, we, we change it up, change it up. There's no, I mean, for a while, for like years, it used to be where uh, we get up on stage. We wouldn't even, we get up on stage and just start deciding up there what we we're going to play. <laughs> um, Tyler and K aren't, as big of fans of that as we are, <laughs> uh, to sort of bickering on stage. So, um, so now, like, we'll have, we'll like decide we're going to play, like, before we get up there, but it'll usually be like the night of, we'll, we'll kind of figure out. Almost like names out of a hat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more like what people are excited to play or what people okay. aren't sick of playing. And, um, you know, it's, it's more like that. Okay. Um, kind of randomly. And it's also like we, uh, we use a few different tunings. So it's like um trying to make sure that whatever we're um we're playing, we can make it flow where we're not farting around between every song of, to tune, you know. So where mm-hmm. there's like at least two or three that all have the same tuning or it's just one string that needs to get tuned or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're not running back and forth with like thirteen different guitars. Yeah, no. We I mean we bring one everybody brings one guitar or so mm-hmm. on tour, so there's no yeah, we, we, the van's packed more full of records than this instruments. If we could bring less instruments, that would be great. If we could if we just borrow cabs every night, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Like an entire house cab tour. That would yeah, be... Absolutely. absolutely. But uh, shifting focus more towards like how Vow is as like a DIY band. And I was reading an interview. I forget who you did it for. But you were talking about how in New Orleans, there were like no clubs and like punk spaces. So you pretty much were just going around surveying where you could put up shows and booking them yourself. So I was wondering, like, if you had any advice for people looking to do that, like in their areas, trying to start their own art spaces, their own shows, who they could be reaching out to, how they should be reaching out to them
1: well whatever interview you read it must have been me talking about like 20 years ago cuz there's mm-hmm. definitely decent spaces in New Orleans and um even through covid there's there's at least two i can name up off, off the top of my head that like aren't aren't contingent on shows happening for those spaces to survive so they'll be mm-hmm. they'll be there when this is all over um but in terms of like uh finding places like uh <laughs> I don't know i would always sort of stumble on things or um sort of come up behind other people who have who had stumbled on things and take advantage of their uh doing the lake work uh but weird you know coffee shops bookstores um community centers um you know every town's got to have like an american Legion hall or something stupid you know lions lion's den or whatever it's called um but yeah, I mean, the thing about punk and and that sh- punk shows that still energizes me is the fact that you can basically take any space that has walls and sometimes not, uh, as long as there's power, you know, mm-hmm. power outlets that work, and turn it into a show space. I mean, the you know, if the landlord didn't live right behind me, I could you know, I would be having shows in this record shop. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a million spots. I mean, I think the thing about punk is you just need to looking for those kind of spaces is you just need to kind of think outside the box in terms of um, you don't necessarily need a club space. You just need a A kitchen, (laughs) Yeah, kitchen somewhere, somewhere to plug those guitars in. Exactly. So like, what is, I guess, either a
0: place that you've played or a place that you've attended the most like place you thought was like the coolest spot you've ever seen or played a show?
1: Uh, I, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, we've played so many spaces over the years. I mean, there's definitely like, um, you know, a bunch of different longstanding clubs that I really like Gilman street and, uh, Shea cafe, ABC in a Rio. Um, I, I was thinking
0: more of like,
1: like hole in the
0: wall, like not necessarily clubs, but more of like DIY spaces.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would absolutely consider all those spaces, DIY spaces, but um, the burial grounds in uh, Salem, Oregon. It's uh, our, well, when we first started playing there, it was it, our buddies in this band Leach all live there. Uh, and it's basically just a house in the mm-hmm. suburbs of Salem, Oregon. Uh, but we've, we've played there, not necessarily that house, but we played Salem, um, either that house or the tattoo parlor, uh, pretty much every time we've done a West Coast tour. Uh, since we started touring that space is awesome. Um, the people are awesome. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, it would just be me listing like a, a million random houses, no yeah. masto in new Orleans and the mudlark. hay cafe. I mean, the spaces in new Orleans, I really like, uh, my, my two favorite places down here, are both like tiny coffee shops. One, one of them's gone now from COVID. Uh, the other, I mean the coffee shop's still around, just the space they were in is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one I'm not sure, the neutral round, uh which is like a kind of longstanding like hippie coffee shop. Uh I don't know if they're still 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 kicking or not, but like those two like tiny ass coffee spaces, I, I love that stuff. Any anywhere that's like too small for us to be playing, yeah, uh, I usually like. Yeah, the uh I can't remember what it's called. Rhino bookstore is a bookstore in Denver. I wanna say it's the Rhino. Um that was cool. We played there. Uh we got there super late because we ran into a blizzard on our way to Denver one time. But uh our playing that bookshop was incredible.
0: Did you guys ever have the chance to pass through uh New Brunswick, New Jersey by
1: any chance? Uh we have played New Jersey a few times. I'm not sure if we played New Brunswick. We played um we played um a show that Somebody from, from the screen female set up. Um, it might have been New Brunswick. It was that's one of that, their houses. That's that They're like the patron saints of New Brunswick. It was probably it was New M- Brunswick. I think it was Mike's house, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. We played in the basement. The basement was kind of you know, like standard dingy yeah basement. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember the upstairs being super nice. I wish we played off. So I like playing in nice places. Yeah. Nice, clean place. Great. You know?
0: Yeah. No, I probably have black lung from all the shows I've been to in those jersey basements. It's just murky down there.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, we we played uh the other one of the other bands I was in played uh um, a basement in Tempe or Phoenix somewhere in Arizona and you know it was like straight up black mold in there and the drummer of the band like went nuts, two songs in went nuts, like left, like got up and left. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was so bad. Yeah. so I've been there.
0: But um, I guess like to add as a tail end to this DIY section for people who are trying to like get their feet off the ground and do either a band or a store, like starting their own space. Like, do you have any advice that you could give them? Like, first getting their feet on the ground.
1: I mean, just start small, you know, um, you know, with, with the record shop, I, I basically started because I was volunteering at a anarchist info shop and, um, just running the little record section there. Cause nobody else wanted to do it. And before that, I just had a bunch of records in a box and i would just go table shows, you know, and I did that for years. Just doing a distro, Mm-hmm. Um, table on it shows. I mean, it's nothing. Just buy records and show, you know, show up yeah. and set up and sit behind a table and hand somebody a record, take the money, and get more records in the season. Yeah, I mean, it, and shows are kind of the same way. Like, you know, you ask a couple bands to play, you find a space, you have a PA. Yep. you kind of figure it out from there. I mean, you know,
0: it'll get better or worse. Exactly. All right. So I guess. That's the majority of everything I had to ask. And the final thing was if you guys or you yourself, the band, the store, have anything that we could be looking forward to in the coming future?
1: Uh well, a store. I mean, a store's just a store. You know, yeah. more more stuff. Uh the band, uh yeah, I mean, hopefully more records. I don't know. Hopefully some hopefully we'll write some stuff. We have a bunch of stuff like um that we've said yes to doing uh you know like a full length and a thing we're working on with a buddy of ours and some stuff i'm working on and um a soundtrack for our friend's video game and we got we got a bunch of stuff but um well, that we said we do it, whether or not it'll get done i mean we'll we'll say or how quickly it'll get done
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll we'll see i mean usually we're pretty slow until like um you know somebody hits that like wellspring of creativity and a bunch of stuff just starts coming. But um yeah, I don't know. Time will tell with that. Mm-hmm. i the video right. game keep prospect sounds so keep, cool. Keep us in your prayers. Ab- always. <laughs> yeah, the 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 video game is um a buddy of ours from here um he's from Norco and he, he made this uh eight-bit video game called uh geography of robots I don't know if I mean supposed to be talking about this but um He's got this game called the Geography of Robots, and uh, our pal Amatai is doing like the main soundtrack, like soundtrack for the main video game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we we're basically gonna we're gonna write like a records worth of stuff and put the thing the two the two parts out together. And then Darren will probably take the stuff we wrote and create some like supplemental uh video game stuff to go with it something like that that's the that's the that's the rough plan yeah his video game's awesome check out he's got a website for it uh it's called geography of robots it's it's awesome it, t- it takes place in uh in, in norco and Kenner and new orleans basically like in the sort of like dystopian sort of cyberpunk ish future it's like total old school eight-bit uh um, like platformer it it's like a text based uh kind of puzzle rpg kind of thing where you, you know, okay yeah you have like choices and you you, you click on stuff on the screen and mm-hmm. um i don't I, it's hard you know it's like one of the, not even like an nes like um like old computer games more, like commodore you know? yeah i guess i mean i when i started playing video games it was more like um nintendo Mm -hmm. you know the Atari 2600 and first Nintendo but um it reminds me more of like those like big floppy disk like floppy disk yeah kind of computer games I don't know how old you are but I'm I'm an old ass man and like I like that stuff was like you know when I was like a kid uh, Mm -hmm. you know people people I never had a computer I knew people
0: wasn't Mm -hmm. anyways Brian thank you so much this was a blast
1: yeah no problem anytime So this has
0: been Jordan from Torworthy with Brian from Brian. Brian from the
1: Jordan from Torworthy. Names.